Circuit Cast with your host, Mark Amory. Well, Kia ora Koto, welcome to Circuit Cast, and it's time for our end of year wash up where we give out the gongs, we uh, celebrate some work, we give out the bouquets, the brickbats, whatever you'd like to call them. We have in the past done this in Wellington from uh, an Irish pub in a snug, uh, but for this podcast we're in Auckland at the Audio Foundation with a glass of wine, uh, and uh, I am Mark Amory, I'm going to be trying to keep some order to this, and with me today, uh, three, three people who've seen far more work in, in Auckland and beyond than I have this year, uh, firstly to introduce Cameron Alu Matamua, Kia ora. Kia ora. Uh, who's uh, been the Artspace Totai Education Intern this year, which sounds fabulous. Uh, and also to my right, Abby Kinane, Acting Director at St Paul Street Gallery. Kia ora. Second time on the end of year wrap up. It is, I was in that pub in the snug. Yeah, <laughs> first time since you'll move to Auckland. And to my left, another person familiar to our pod, and that is artist Judy Dara. Howdy. Right, now I'm going to first ask everybody to. Uh, Come to us with a most memorable show of the year and maybe explain why that was. Judy, shall we start with you? Okie dokie. Oh, that was a tough question. So, um, my most favourite show. I reckon, for me, it was uh, Louisa Ofer at St Paul Street, A Pool Is Not The Ocean. And there was this work that just kept lingering for me was the work of her in the pool... And the blower floating on the in, in the swimming pool, and it just kept on coming back, and I kept on seeing images of it, and it just lingered with me, and it was funny, and it was joyous, and it was political, and it was about being here, and it was about the next generation of young women artists making a stand, and for me, it just wrapped up all my, I guess, all the things that I really enjoy about, um, I guess, humour, making light, but there was depth to it. Um, so for me, that was that was the standout. Fantastic! You two saw that work. Yes. Yes, I did too. It was also at uh, Leafa Wilson's show, The Cold Islanders. That was at Waikato Museum. And at Artspace too, kind of. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yes, yeah. I think that's what it was. I kept on seeing the work appearing and appearing, yeah. which was really lovely. It had a life beyond St Paul, and it kept on appearing, and the image kept on appearing, and it was it still it was still funny and tender and loving and. Tough as well, yeah. Awesome. Cameron. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hard one for me. I suppose, because, you know, it's like there's so many memorable moments at the moment. Um, but for me, it really is Luke Willis-Thompson ah. and Hopkins and Mossman. Um, auto-portrait. Yeah, auto-portrait. It wasn't the work that he showed at Auckland Art Gallery, although that was good. But I felt like auto-portrait had something else um, and I, after I stood it, after I saw it, I understood why it was called auto-portrait. Um, you can see that Diamond has a lot more agency, or like it was really directed from her, mm. her perspective, to me anyway, that's how I, how I view it. Um, and it was a nice resolution to the past two works that he showed at Shot Whisper Whale. That was probably my most memorable experience in a gallery this year, <coughs> a very brief visit to Auckland. I mm. was really... Trans, you know, it was transformative in the gallery, particularly with the, the projector whirring and the kind of violence of the projector too. Yeah. Alternating with the, the peacefulness and the empowerment of the image. I, yeah, I was really struck by it. Yeah, I sat with it for probably 20 minutes, maybe mm. half an hour, just watching. And it's only a four-minute loop, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, it was really moving, really, really moving to me. Right. 
Abby? Well, thinking hard, mine wasn't in a gallery. It was actually a public program that was part of a show, The Politics of Shio, um, which ended up at Artspace and Artspace's alternative venue. But the moment that I think about is at um, Waitangi, where Local Time hosted um, the first well, part of a public program there with John Miller. Um, so that involved Raymond and Bread, involved um, basically a whole um, raft of different um, modes of hosting. Um, so they, they helped out at TT Marae, um, and they basically just provided incredible manaki tanga uh, through the 24 hours of the day. Um, so I was camping there and I spent a lot of time in their tent um, learning from John Miller, who has been at Waitangi every year since 1979, I believe. Wow. Um, so they went, there was a documentary that came out of that that went into the art space show, The Politics of Sharing, in a gallery space, or in a temporary gallery mm-hmm. space. But actually being at Waitangi, I think, for me, was the most kind of lively, significant part of that. And um, yeah, I would definitely always remember that with 2017. Wow. That's wonderful. And wonderful to have an example of some activity outside a gallery. Um, yeah. Um, a nod to our home team circuit. Um, we've already mentioned some moving image work, but I'd like to find out uh, your feelings on, on other really, really interesting moving image work you might have seen this year, if you could name something. Well, for me, thank you, Audio Foundation, was bringing the French composer Michel Chillon. So have I got that right? Yep. Uh, wow, his lecture at the Auckland City Art Gallery was extraordinary, talking about the framing of the voice in cinema. So it was, that was kind of like a warm-up. So he's, a, he's like, he's the master eh, of all this kind of thinking around sound and music concrete and everything. And, and um, so he did this great lecture. Uh, a little bit got lost in translation, but the images and what I took from it was really interesting. Then he did this performance at the um, Lutheran Church in Ponsby Road, he performed Requiem, which I saw. I didn't see the second part, but uh, it was extraordinary because it was like this whole understanding of sound and vision that he'd been exploring forever. Uh, yeah. And then you, you kind of go back and you look at it and you understand what's happening now. It was pretty special. I didn't see the second part and apparently people were buzzing after it and people couldn't sleep. It was so great. But I think for me, that was the kind of just seeing this incredible in-depth research um, historical moment, and I thought it was incredibly special. And I think it was um, the Audio Foundation, and a lot of people got him here because he was in Australia, and they thought, God, let's get him. So there were a lot of people behind that energy to get him here, so I appreciate that. Oh, how cool is that? Very good. Cameron, you've got other moving image works other than Luke Willis-Thompson? Um, yes, I suppose. But it's somebody who showed at St. Paul Street this year um, in the Le Pa show, uh, curated by Ahilapalapa Rands and Lana Lopesi. Um, Sione Monu, his work that he showed there was really beautiful, but I kind of can't disconnect it from everything else that he did this year. Um, actually, in that month that he showed at St. Paul Street, he also had two or three other openings. Three, yeah, so he had um, his solo show, Kahua Kakala, at Fresh Gallery Otara. Um, he was in our new artist show this year at Artspace um, and he was also at Room Gallery too mm. uh, curated by Louisa Afford but it was just kind of crazy seeing this I don't know, you know, sometimes you just see this like genius artist who can do every single um, medium you know, he does jewellery, adornments, painting, illustration moving image, everything, you know um, so that was really great 
Yeah. I'm getting excited about art all over again. You've got a, a moving image work. Um, I do, but again, it's quite interconnected with <laughs> other parts of a project. So um, this is a project that was at St. Paul's Street, which is possibly trash to mention a <laughs> show that was at the place where I work, but it's an incredible project um, by Alex Monteith and a whole raft of contributors. Mm. Um, some of the key ones that I think are important to mention in relation to that work are um, Mark Adams, Ethel Anderson, Laurie Bowers, David Dudfield, Vicky Lenhan, and Gerard O'Regan. Um, there's many, many more. The moving image aspect of that show was in our gallery one, took up most most of that big show, of that big space. And I think a really big part of it for me was the soundtrack. Um, I basically lived with it for the six weeks of the show. Um, Alex, as part of that project, has travelled to Fiordland um, and worked with a collection of material that was um, excavated in the late 1970s and has held itself in museum and art gallery down there now. Her project is partly working with the Iwi Liaison Committee there to uh, go through that material and figure out the, um, the, the appropriate way to work through the, its past and present and future um, lives. And as part of this process, um, she's been documenting that in film. The lives of who? The... Um, the the Tonga that's this, oh, that okay. this is included in this collection. Yeah. Um, so she's documenting the progress of the the progress of the project through film, and she cut that together not in a narrative form, but in a way that um, involves all the people who are helping make those decisions. Um, some of the some aspects of the collection, although that's not pictured a lot, um, and of course, of course, the incredible environment of the field and where the where the materials found. Um, it, it was for massive um, large-scale predictions and the film's synced so that it runs through um, screen to screen so it's not, um, yeah, the images aren't all sequential in the narrative. Yeah, Mm. it's a hard work to describe. That might have just revealed that. (laughs) No, but that that goes definitely into my shows I wish I'd seen kind of category. Um, Thank you. Now, moving away from shows a little bit, let's broad screen in terms of Shifts that have been going on with the arts this year, any kind of notable trends or moments or or things that you felt were kind of of note this year. But the big trend is our new Prime Minister is the Arts and Culture Minister. That's got to be pretty big. Do you think it's going to make a difference, Judy? I would like to think we now have leadership and advocacy, at least from the top down. So I'm trending on leadership and advocacy for my Prime Minister. Right, right. What do you guys think? We're going to well, see she also said things? that art shouldn't be made, or shouldn't exist in this commercial bubble kind of thing. It yeah. should be able to be... The nice to have. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So that's kind Which is great. Of, yeah. you know, that's exciting. Mm. Yeah, I reckon. I was very excited with that change and shift and thinking around the arts. And I think already, you know, she's made a few comments with, at the Sparta thing and mm. it's, on her, it's on her table, you know... Finally, maybe we're going to have someone who is going to advocate and lead. There was a big drive in the Labour arts policy around artists and schools, which I think is a really, really yes. strong move. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if that's going to be rolled out. So sorry, I haven't got much more in terms of what was happening. Mm. Um, Cameron, have you got anything for us? Not really. I suppose we can talk about it in the last bit, because when I was thinking about Documenta, I just kept thinking, I'm seeing a lot of documents I don't know <gasps> wasn't that amazing yeah to stare at a piece of A4 paper yeah. yeah and they're not necessarily attached to an artist some of mm. them which I found really interesting I yeah I would say um, 
powerful women, but I probably say that every year, but I'm thinking <laughs> specifically of Masa Ahu and Jacinda, of course. Um, but more than that kind of collectivity, like very much on the surface. So thinking about um, shows like Whangongo, Pati Solomon of Tyrell, which is at St. Paul Street. It's a solo show, but um, there was, I'm not going to hazard a guess at the number, but there's a total community involvement in the production of that work um, and in every every phase of the show's being. Then I'm thinking of Alex's show, Coastal Flows, Coastal Incursions, that I just mentioned, um, Dirt Futures at Art Space, um, Louisa Apple's Social Matter. There's so many of these shows where yeah, the social becomes the material of the show, I guess, or there's this kind of um, political move to just explode authorship. Everybody's all in. Um, maybe that's all the time, but I felt that real presence this year. Mm. Mm. I, I think it's a generational thing, you know. Um, at 60 now, I'm, I'm definitely observing these kind of generational shifts, and it's definitely your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking, Judy speaks to, directs the, <laughs> directs <laughs> the <laughs> thing <laughs> at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> That's the feeling I'm getting, yeah. It's exciting. What do you mean by Cameron's turn? Well, I think your generation is, cu- is kind of cutting through now and having an influence, and I think it's really exciting. Well, I don't, I don't know maybe if this is relevant, but I was having a conversation with a close friend and we were saying there's kind of a, like I'm 26 now, um, and even just between myself and artists who are maybe three years older than me, there's a difference. I don't mm. know, maybe came about between um, the time of Gloria and I. I don't know where there were these kind of individual artists, but for my generation it seems that we work a lot more collectively. Um, or in collaboration, a work mm. is never really just one person. Great. Um, it's everybody. You know? Okay. I suppose a great example mm. is Juliet and Billy Popovich at Auckland Art Gallery mm. for Sharp Whisper Whale, mm. um, kind of collaborating mm. on the same installation. And I'm mm. heartened by, you know, like capture. You know, there's still the sense that there's an artist's initiated kind of energy in the city and... Mm. I love what they're doing up there in the, in the mm. pigeon loft, you know, it's, yeah. it's really so that's, cool. I've got a, it's an interesting question for you guys mm. about that, that artist-run culture and where mm. it's at in Auckland at the moment, because mm. it's grown so much. Mm. Um, I haven't really got a handle on the moment. Is it, is it feeling healthy? Well, it's, no, I think what, what you guys are doing is probably more the future. It's, it has no space. It right. probably inhabits all the spaces. Yeah. You, know, uh-huh. you don't need yeah. the artist run space anymore but mm. I do like what those guys are doing because it's kind of a bit out of whack and you know they live there and it mm. just reminds me of the old test strip days and a bit nostalgic you know mm. but it, it you know it's like a line in the sand you know arts graduates they leave and they go right what are we going to do we're going to make this bridge and, mm. rooms really going off though as well putting in rooms old school and always like, being consistent yeah so good but they've got this new some new board members and I think mm. the shows there have been incredible yeah. Ari Jensen yeah. and um, Masavai's show there was amazing yeah. and Ruth Ige and Emma Nakuru as well painting show with a sculpture painting photography mm. show there's been heaps of really powerful collaborations and I think that is part of that same sort of collaborative energy where who wants to do something by yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah. no we need each other yeah. 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 any other galleries you want to put the props out to doing interesting things um I've really loved St. Paul Street's uh, programming this year. Thank you. Every show, you know. Yeah. Yeah, every show. Yeah, consistent. Yeah. yeah. We've had a good time. We've definitely not done alone. You can, tell. <laughs> you can tell you've had a good time. 
Yeah. So he's had a, has a great program as well. Yeah, and I'm excited about what art space potentially with you know Remco and new director and again you know expectations and mm. what he can bring to it and shift it and change it and yeah super excited to see what mm. you know he's got to give. Mm. He means really showing us with Exante. So mm. yeah. Okay, I'm going to steer us towards slightly towards the brickbats or slightly towards the question marks a little bit now, which is to sort of ask that question, which is to sort of say something that stayed with you and what stayed with you and that it maybe was smelled a little fishy or it was just something that bugged you or that turned you a little bit that you know just kept you going something sometimes that's a real strength of a show sometimes it's something that just you just spend a lot of time trying to get your head around I have to admit having my head around I had my head down I've been kind of kind of quite focused on other things like a lot of travel this year, uh, an ailing mother, so I kind of didn't pop up so much, pop my head up so much, so I had to keep positive, <laughs> so I might have to pass that, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say something that stayed with me was the Masa Aho work, and that, I think something, it wasn't about the work that bugged me, but something that bugged me a little bit was that this kind of quite powerful encounter that I had with it happened far away <laughs> and maybe that sort of amplified its kind of resonance or something for me but um, I wish that I'd seen more of their work at home or I'd had it was sort of contextualised more um, their practice which is actually not um, was that the know, work they've been, doc- they've been the documentary work yeah Kiko Moana oh yeah good point it's, that was what I was going to say that is actually too. a yeah. really good it's point it's an amazing work and it was amazing to see it there and I feel lucky mm. that I did um, Can you describe it a little bit for people yeah, who are aware of it? Yeah, it's um, very tall, I'm going to say. It's like 12 <laughs> metres tall. Um, it's made of all uh, found blue tapula, and it's in a, um, a sort of interwoven in a lattice kind of form, which you can't immediately see. When you look from far away, it might look like a massive fall of water or a, just a blue... Um, it's always got a kind of uh, plasticky... It's got a gleam to it but it looks like a fish skin, and the closer you get, it, um, they almost look like scales, the, the technique that they've used to make it. Um, it's collectively made. And a really powerful part of the reason I think that it stayed with me was because um, there's a whole other aspect to it. So they, the collective also um, gathered stories of um, Tanifa that were told to them by different, different people. Um, there must be... I don't know, there's a whole part of the website that's dedicated to these tales of Tanifa. And so I read, I knew about that and read a couple and then heard a couple from them and then have read them later. And so it's this really sort of, um, I don't know, interesting long tale of that work, I guess. Mm. And maybe some of the intrigue of it is that I can't see it again right now. You know, there's, there's been an, quite a bit of talk about it. There's been a lot of images, but um, it's also somehow elusive. So I think that was, that was quite a powerful thing. Mm, yeah, I had the opposite experience of having seen quite a lot of their work in Wellington and mm-hmm. loved, loved it, being really captivated by it and then not being able to see that work. But you all, mm. all three of you have been global travellers well, and been to documentary. Well, we had to travel to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as, as travellers, I'm quite interested in your perspective being over at Documenter and sh- or shows you've seen elsewhere, even in the country, or, or, or a perspective on looking back at New Zealand from your, from, from your travels. Cameron, you've got any impressions? Well, I'll, I'll say first about Mata Aho. I was actually quite hoha with it because I didn't actually like the way that it was placed or curated. Um, you know, it's like in this weird... 
kind of atrium thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you don't actually see the full length of it until you're right under it, basically. Okay. You know, um, I thought it would have been way better placed in Noya Noya Gallery with all those large. You know. I actually liked how you had to go right up to it. You saw it's the kind of light around it, and you had to go right up to it. And by that point, it completely dwarfed you because yeah. you had to look up. But yeah, it's a. I think because I spent so because I was there for a week when I was in Documenta, um, in Castle, and I kind of got to be selfish with the work. So I went, you know, every day to the Noi Noi Gallery because that was my favorite um, place there. It had my favorite work there, or one of my favorite works. Um, what was it? Teo Ashetu, the big banner, Atlas Fractured. You know, it's like oh, yeah. on one side there's the work from the Aboriginal artist whose name I've forgotten. Um, and then on the other side there was the massive video installation. Do you remember this work, Judy? I saw so much art. My yeah. brain <laughs> I can't, my brain was leaking out of my ears when I came back. It was an extraordinary blast. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I Sorry. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Any reflections for you getting overseas? And well, that was my first time. You know, that's my mm-hmm. first time. I've only ever been to... God, it took me to get to 60 to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that's my first time outside of New Zealand, mm. Samoa and Australia. Wow. So that yeah. was huge, you know, and I was alone for three weeks. And you're not alone, I was with friends, you know, every now and then, but travelling alone. So it was, you know, getting perspective on the world, but also on New Zealand. Yeah, maybe I sound so innocent right now. No, no. It was huge, you know. It was huge. What I loved was, um, you know, just going around and seeing a a piece of A4 paper with a little, with a piece of scrappy writing on it. And it had so much meaning and context historically as a piece of performance art or or a sound work. And it was like the idea, the ideas were bigger than the, you know, everything we were looking at. And I loved that because it wasn't about the, the grand gesture was about the idea. It was mm. really good, eh? And the research, the historical research in depth was extraordinary. Mm. Mm. Abby, any thoughts from your travels? Um, I went at the beginning, it was just the opening of the castle show, so something really cool about it was that Nathan Poi was there, his mum was there, all the Masa'aho crew were there, and their whanau were there, and that was a really, really cool part of the experience. Not just hang out with New Zealanders, but... Um, just being, they'd all spent some time there, so they'd been installing their work and they had friends and there was sort of just a sense of, um, I don't know, being able to share their energy over there and it kind of made you feel a bit located in a way that a big swirling show like that can just totally blow your mind apart. But we had crew. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was a really big part of it. Mm. Awesome. Well, now to something completely different, which is I'd like to um, ask you about a great piece of writing you maybe read this year. Um, that you, or, or something that really struck with you? Mm-hmm. Um, mine's a bit, oops, goes around the other way. So, um, Readers and Writers Festival, Chris yep. Krauss coming to town. Oh, yeah. And reading from, oh, I love Dick, and then the <coughs> day later she did um, a lecture and she read from Lost Properties. And for me, it was so relevant now in terms of what that text means, because it's all about um, an artist leaving art school with debt and then it's kind of like life after art school and how you deal with it and I just mm. I just really enjoyed I guess the relevance of it all and how she talked about that debt and the you know the way she writes and it's I just thought it was a very poignant time for a lot of I guess art students who confront that you know mm. as they graduate etc so for me that was her yeah her reading Lost Properties and 
yeah, just remind me of lots of things. It's astonishing how, and, and how I love Dick and how that sort of the whole journey of the book and then the television and her coming back mm. in terms of just mirroring or just coming up, shaping across mm. time from what the 90s here in, in Auckland. Mm. Well, I think also, too, I love Dick has given her an opportunity to actually expose all her other writings, you know, which, mm. you know, uh, probably more about art making, etc., etc. Yeah. yeah, right. She's also a pretty great reader. That was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, yeah. She, she brought it alive again. It was great. Abby, you got any writing you want to, to raise? I sort of do, yeah. I have a whole lot of things that I've read that are great. Um, one, actually I just want to say in general that Enjoy Publishing this year is so great and it's so accessible on that amazing website, which I'm super jealous of. Um, but a hard copy pro- publish, publication that they did was The Sea Brought You Here. Um, I think we just received that quite recently, but that's an amazing catalogue of a show called Namesake, um, which is Salome and Salome Tanavasa and Kashio Karan. Yes. Um, great show, I saw the show, and then just the, yeah, the, the publication I think is so exquisite. Um, and really nice exchange, written exchange between the two artists in there as well. Um, other things that really struck me was uh, Leafa Wilson's introduction to the Old Islanders catalogue. Um, again, it's a short piece of writing and it's framing a show which has um, numerous artists in it, but it's really interesting discussion of her um, idea of the Cold Islanders and it really is a generous introduction, um, which I sort of think everybody should read. It's really good. Um, great show too, but I really did enjoy that catalogue. Um, another thing I wanted to mention was the Ahi Lapa Lapa Rands and um, Lana Lapisi's um, text that sat alongside their show Leipa, so that's in an online catalogue. Um, oh, again, I haven't read that. Yeah, yeah it's really good. So it's, still it's, on, it's still online, yeah. Yep, yep, it's on our website. Right. Um, but they curated that, that show absolutely. It's quite a long-term project involving a number of artists, but just the introduction again, it's like this really simple, generous piece, but it's really taught me a lot about how to say something in a group show. Um, so that show, just in brief, was about, um, I guess, the politics of um, the way that food, um, that traditions related to food move with um, labour migration patterns and the way that new forms of uh, sovereignty, I guess, cultural sovereignty, might be founded in those, um, in those food traditions. It was a great, shock, fun show to be part of, but I do think that catalogue is really a great piece of writing. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Cameron, have you got any, any, any writing that's today? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we talked about how I kind of dropped out of Elam and went and did, you know, my BA in English and Art History. So I love writing. Um, and actually, you know, we also talked about my cohort too. We actually ended up doing a lot of art-adjacent things where a lot of people in my year ended up dropping out or kind of what do you what, what do you define as an art of Jason? I don't know. It's something that I keep saying, and I don't really I know what it means. It. Like, oh, it's like kind of art related, but not, you know. <laughs> right. yeah. um, but I suppose something that was really exciting this year that kind of came to fruition through a room residency was Hard Press, which is a new artist-run kind of initiative or publication um, or press company. I don't know, um, run by Owen Connors and Anna Rankin. Owen and I were in the same year. Um, but my favourite piece of writing was one of the first publications I put out by Evangeline Redford Graham called Guinness Joy. Um, Mm. And that was loosely based around Cleopatra's only known signature or like um, handwriting. 
and yeah, so Evangeline, I'm not doing a good job at explaining it, Evangeline's kind of fictionalized it, um, yeah. That's a great book, and same with the Dan Nash one, I yeah. think it's really good with that publication, publication series, it's also got his drawings in it, it's really a great book. I'm feeling like we need to have somebody listing all of these things yeah, on the no. circuit website so we can all pick up with them later. And can I say one more? <laughs> oh, and, and Pentagraph Punch is really good. Well, yeah, that's been yeah. a notable thing this yeah. year, Pentagraph Punch really mm. getting its muscle around the visual I, arts. I would agree, yeah. And, and presenting it in quite an accessible way. I quite like those sort of quick picks that mm. they do, which are intelligent. They're open to a lot of different mm. contributors. Mm. Uh, yeah, Abby. Um, the final one I wanted to say was uh, Matt Galloway's newspaper as part of this time was commissioned as part of this time of useful consciousness. The ground the swallows me. Is that what it's, it's called? It's called the ground swallows you. Oh, the ground swallows you. <laughs> <laughs> um, part two. So it's the second part of this project that Matt's done over some time. Um, just really briefly, it traces the New Zealand's import of phosphate that comes from Western Sahara, um, which is currently occupied by Morocco since 1975. As a, Matt's done, as a graphic designer, quite interestingly, he's um, done a completely research-driven project um, around the kind of, um, I guess, the political implications of us supporting economically something which um, I think the, you know, the UN's condemned the human rights abuse that's going on in Western Sahara at the moment, but um, we're putting lots of phosphate on our farms at the same time, and Matt's made quite a beautiful project around that, and the newspaper that goes with that, I think, is a really mm. contains some really good. Writing. And I love that show, and I love the bigger exhibition it was part of at the Dallas this time of useful, useful consciousness, and uh, that was a favourite of mine in Wellington, um, and uh, lots of documents in Matthew's work, and lots of flags. As I said, we see a lot of flags in Wellington this year. So we have a lot of flag-based works, including Matthew's. Right, um, I wanted to ask you all whether there was an artist you hadn't encountered before that really stood out for you. It could be a new artist or it could be somebody who um, you sort of knew the name but suddenly you, you really got to see their work. I think for me it was Ruth Ege. Um, so I knew her practice a little bit because she was an AUT student. She graduated at the end of last year. She's a painter um, and her work was in the new art, in Dirt Future, Dirt Future. at art space and in a show with Emma Nakuru which I can't immediately remember the name of that was at Room Gallery this year um, why did I like that it totally I find, find it really arresting painting it is very uh, in a completely abstracted way it's um, it is figurative I don't know I find it incredibly hard to talk about it's a very moving painting and I'm really excited to see what she does Thanks. cool yeah. Emma yeah I mean I've already said Sione's name, but it was it could basically basically be any of the artists from Dirt Future. You know, I I had relationships with uh, you know half of them. I suppose we knew, but on the other half, I didn't, and it was just great to encounter, mm. you know, really new ideas and to try and do something collectively in this new way that didn't have a curator or anything, and just um, privileged the artist within that situation. Um, yeah, so Ruth Ige, Joanna Newmigan, Sione Monu, Shra Sadikin, Sam Takani, and Tash Kitty. Yeah. Mm. Judy, any, any artists that were new to you? Yeah, I agree with you on that show too. I thought it was really refreshing and I really lingered in that and stayed with it. And that was, um, 
yeah, apart from that, but I'm just going to flip the question because I, yeah. I wasn't paying attention to that question. But <laughs> I reckon Gil Hanley, the Gil Hanley show, the uh-huh. Blue Book at Bowman, was really interesting because for me it felt like it was just touching on a stone that need to be lifted up and exposed. Uh, you know, who work very similar to what you were saying about John Miller. But this is a, a photographer that's been photographing. She's got screes and screes and screes of work stashed up there, there and just someone to go in and actually do a proper kind of survey show or a proper show. So sorry, I didn't flip. So what? That. Yeah, no, no, it, it isn't. That's exactly mm. that is that that's the perfect flip in a way because yeah. a lot of people I would imagine would have got a, a completely new appreciation. Mm. What, oh, yeah, what, yeah. what sort of work? What, what's the work well, about? Was, so people. Well, it was just it? all it, basically it was kind of a, a, temp, a temptation into all her work. You know, from very similar to John working in the sixties, seventies, all the um, social, all the um, Gil turns up to everything with a camera. Mm. You know, her archive must be extraordinary. And so to mine that, you know, she goes to openings, she goes to demonstrations, Queen Street, she was there all the time. And I just kind of thought, yeah, it's interesting that John's kind of coming up in that girl. Anyway, yeah, that was my thought. Fantastic. Um, and Judy, I think you're going to lead us out with one final thought from yes. coming and going this year. So, yeah, it's probably, for me, it was the saddest, I guess, for the, for the year, was the passing of... Um, Paul Cullen, uh, artist, friend, teacher, colleague, and um, yeah, I just think is getting older, sorry, but you do, you know, you, you kind of get grateful for, get, you know, getting to 60 and, you know, I was worried about it, but I'm here and people are saying you're lucky you got here and people don't make it and, you know, Paul's work was extraordinary, it was funny, it was witty and... Yeah, so, you know, once the artist is gone, you, you just, they, they leave this body of work. You know, the body has disappeared, but they leave the body of work. And I kind of like that analogy. So. Mm. And Abby, there was a show at Two Rooms? There was, yeah. Um, I'm not sure of the date of that, but um, it was bringing together a whole, a whole lot of Paul Cullen's works and a whole lot of people, of course, who were connected with Paul. And it was, um, yeah, one of the single most memorable nights of the year, I think it was. Yeah, that was an amazing show. I thought about it again the other day, actually. I went and saw um, Gina Shin's work up there, and Gina's a close friend of Paul's, and I just remembered the room was completely empty, and, and that work in there with Gina's work, which is very stark and very um, sort of uh, monographic, I just remembered the room totally full of all Paul's people and all Paul's work, and it was... Um, yeah, I remember it. <laughs> Beautiful. Abby, Cameron, Judy, thanks for joining us. Um, have a great summer break, and um, thanks for joining us here on Circuitcast. But to you with the generous support of Creative New Zealand and music from Talautalon. Are we still on Talautalon? We're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, with music from Heat Pump. Thanks, man. <laughs> for the past 12 months. <laughs> what's that? For the past 12 months. It's all right. <laughs> well, I haven't been saying that for the last 12 months, have I? I don't think I've been saying that. I usually cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> like this bit now. <laughs>